Passion our purpose, profit our pain. I don't want my name to ever be in vain. A life full of substance is the only thing that will remain the same. Millennial Thoughts. Welcome back to Millennial Thoughts with your girl, Alicia. Um, Today we have a guest. Y'all know we're talking about life as a millennial. And her name is Julie Berninger. Berninger, did I say it right? Yes, you did. Okay, yeah. I always still get nervous. And um, she actually focuses on financial freedom. And um, she has been seen on the Forbes and Market Watch. And she hosts a FIRE uh, podcast. She hosts a podcast called The FIRE Podcast. Talking about um, how to save money more than the average person. And we're going to be talking about student loan debt, paying it off. And she has a course to help people make Etsy principles Etsy principles to sell. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I am doing awesome. How yes, are you? I'm, so glad. I'm doing good. I'm so glad that you were able to come and join us. Technical difficulties always happen, so it's, I'm always used to it. Good. Uh, so, yeah, you know. Um, but I really want to talk about, like, diving in um, on, like, student loan debt and, like, just trying to figure out how to get to financial freedom because I feel like I'm in the, in the phase of life as adulting and becoming a millennial. It's, like, so hard um, to figure out, like, how to pay back student loans, how to save, how to do stuff with your finances. And I thought this, this would be really important to talk about. Um, from my side, like I'm 24. So I just graduated with my master's last year. And so it's like student loan debt is like right there. Keep growing, keep growing. You can't really pay it back. So I just thought it was really important to figure out um, ways that you can pay it back, how to create side hustles so that you can have extra income and different things like that. And so actually, um, I found her on Instagram. I don't even know what. I find a whole bunch of people on Instagram. I don't know what I be clicking, what I be watching. But, you know, I do my search on Instagram and I found you. And I was like, this is perfect. So, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. And I definitely (laughs) can tell you a thing or two about student loan debt because I spent my 20s paying off my student loans. But all in, my husband and I paid off we paid off over 60k of student loan debt just ours and then an additional like 20 something that was student loan debt that our parents had taken on for us so it's been a journey for sure oh okay yeah so about the story how long did it take you to pay off the 60,000 sure so Um, starting out I had about 25,000 I went to school in Massachusetts and did not Mm. pick the school based on the cost of the school. I just tried (laughs) to get into the best school possible and then thought about it after. I remember, like, I took out tons of student loans, didn't even worry about it until I graduated college, and then realized that I owed $25,000, and I had no idea how I was going to pay that off. My first two jobs out of college paid $40,000 and $33,000, and that felt like not enough to even just make it through the year. So the thought of, like, paying Mm. off $25,000 of student loan debt just freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Then I met my husband, and he had $35,000 of student loan debt, <laughs> and oh we married for love and not money. Maybe we should do something different, <laughs> but when we got married, we were like, whoa, okay, together we owe all this money, and what are we going to do about it? So it was about mm-hmm. 60 between the two of us, and somehow I was Googling one day, and I found this blog. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was called nomoreharvarddebt.com. And it was this guy that he went to Harvard, but it was all the things that he was doing every month to pay off his hundred grand student loan debt. And 
seeing mm-hmm. his hustle, it just totally it's, it's inspired me. I don't know why. Like, this was a, a guy living in Austin in his 20s, had nothing to do with my life, but it made me feel like maybe the student loan debt that my husband and I were in where, you know, we could achieve this together. And then we started coming up with a plan to just crush it. Mm-hmm. And so how did you um, come up with your plan? Like, how did you figure out, did you get like a financial advisor or did you just like look at the blogs and like, it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Or how did you come up with like how we're going to pay it off every month? So first we had to figure out exactly where our debt was held. And this was something that we didn't really look at before. So we went to all the different loan servicers that had our debt. We wrote down exactly how much we owed and then what the interest rates were on all those loans. Because each of us had like four or five, our our whole debt was broken up into like three or four different places. Mm -hmm. So we were able to figure out, okay, these ones are at a 6.8% interest rate. These ones were at a 4% interest rate. And we wrote that all down. Then we came up with a budget. We added up our incomes and how much we were paying for our expenses. Like we were living together at the time. So the mm-hmm. car, um, I, I had just got a new car. I, I had gotten a raise at work and I was very excited. So I financed my first <laughs> car. And this, then I realized like, what am I doing? This is not, you know, I taking on another payment right now. is not something I can really afford if I want to pay down the debt. So we, mm-hmm. we went through and we wrote down like all of our income they're bringing in and then all every month. And then we started to think about where we could cut. Now, I decided to get really crazy, like aggressive with this payment plan because <laughs> I wanted them to be gone as fast as possible. I just, right. The idea mm-hmm. of having debt, even though I had lived with the debt for a couple of years out of college, it's like suddenly I woke up and I couldn't even see them anymore. Like I just wanted to get rid of them <laughs> ASAP. So I actually decided to sell the, the car. So I had a, oh. a Subaru Forester and I was very excited about it. And the car payment was like $300 a month. And mm-hmm. a Subaru, people may not think that's a sexy car, but when I lived in color, but we lived in Colorado at the time and like having a Subaru was very helpful because you could go skiing and you could drive in the snow and stuff. So I loved oh, okay. this thing. Mm-hmm. So um, even though I, I just bought it 15 months ago, I knew that if I sold it, I was going to lose a lot of money because when you buy a new car, you, you have to pay like the full price. And then within, you know, driving it off the lot, a it already thousand depreciates. Just depreciates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it had already depreciated $7,000 in the 15 months since I bought it. But I knew that if I sold it, I could probably just walk away and just not owe anything on it anymore. So it means that like I kind of paid down for 15 months for nothing. Like I didn't get any of that money back, but I could walk away with no more, no, not owing any more for the car. So that gave me an extra $300 a month that I could put towards my student loans. Then my husband and I went through and we looked at what else that we could actually sell in our house that we didn't need. So I always <laughs> had like tons of clothes and mm-hmm. the older I get, the less likely these places want my clothes. But like when you're in your early 20s, mid 20s, you may buy trendier, fast fashion type stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what apparently mm-hmm. sells in the consignment shops and like little like like statement necklaces and uh, purses that may be of certain brands. I had a lot of that stuff at the time. So I sold that to consignment shops and made as much money as I could from that. And then we even went on Craigslist and we sold like a crazy amount of the things in, in our home to see as much money as that we could make. Oh, so meanwhile, okay. we were like, we, we went nuts. You're like downsizing. <laughs> yes. Um. And we were very inspired by the minimalist movement. And um, I mean, not like super crazy, but 
we didn't eat as much stuff as we had and kind of like we lived separately before we moved in together so it's like we Mm -hmm. had his stuff from his apartment and my stuff from my apartment and then it was just a whole big mess of stuff so this process was good for us it felt like we were decluttering as well oh yeah and making money (laughs) and making money so yeah so that those definitely were like two main drivers of doing that but I'm sure as we all know there's only so much that you can cut. So we, we were yeah. bringing mm-hmm. our lunch. We were not buying out coffee anymore. I had, at the time, some of my friends were starting to get married. So we would we skipped like some destination weddings um, because we lived in Colorado, but we're not from there. I'm from uh-huh. Massachusetts. He's from Ohio. So we just, oh okay. if it wasn't like a super close friend, we didn't go to their wedding. Um, we tried to like, I mean, that sounds terrible, but at this point you can just send people a gift and they'll understand and you're paying down debt. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Here we go, avoid, I'm doing like, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We tried to avoid as much expenses as we possibly could in that department. But even still, like, there's nothing that you can do there. There's only so much. So then I started looking at new jobs and mm. I had just, I had switched from nonprofit world where I was saying I was making like 33, 40,000 mm-hmm. into a job in tech. And tech uh, pays so well. Now, my mm-hmm. undergraduate was in political science, so I did not have necessarily the right background to be working in tech, but I got I got lucky and someone took a chance on me when I was younger, and I kind of put myself out there for these opportunities and got That's my first tech do. job. And, right. and then I decided, okay, this is the right field to be in. So I started shopping around for other jobs that would pay even more than the current job that I had. And I realized that if you work in tech and you want to be like – in it you got to move to california because yes that's where all the tech companies mm-hmm. are that is really... so we moved and that was you... a huge way it paid off the debt you moved to california yes yep my husband and i moved to california he oh. didn't have a job yet i i had been going to a conference where i met someone and again like just put myself out there even though i didn't necessarily like think i was totally qualified for this job i just went for it mm-hmm. and we ended up getting a job that increased our income and allowed us to pay off the debt so much faster do you still work in tech yes i do yeah oh do you still live in california you don't no. right so we live so. in california and then i mean admittedly we actually i wouldn't say we hated it but i would say it was a light light dislike um it was just it you was know so like hard. california yeah it was so hard going from i mean the weather was amazing and all that um but it colorado is just a very relaxed outdoor mm-hmm. place and we loved that lifestyle. So we ended up moving to Washington. And the state of Washington is very similar in that it's yeah. kind of, like, outdoorsy. I thought California was outdoorsy, too. Or it's not as open, maybe. It's, that... not, it's not as open. It's kind of like, I don't know. I would say maybe just in, like, the communities that I was in, it didn't feel as, like, outdoorsy and relaxed mm. as it mm-hmm. does here. Yeah, I was gonna say Colorado. I was gonna say, but also the um, cost of living is lower in Colorado, right? Or is it higher? I don't know. I've never honestly been to Colorado. The cost um, of living in Colorado was much lower. Um, mm-hmm. We were living in Colorado Springs. We weren't even in Denver, which is the more expensive part. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that was honestly that was probably a big shock too, just how much it costs to live in California. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I guess um, in the comparison of like Colorado Springs was way less living expensive but california was yeah. more but you still were able to pay off more when you lived in california and that's yeah because you make you mm-hmm. make you so make much more, more. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's what i was thinking i really want to move to california i really want to move to los angeles so that's why i was just asking you about that but actually oh my gosh i was it. fun yes but actually i was born in tacoma washington so oh. i have love for the west coast you know <laughs> cool but, yeah i love um, it out here 
yeah, that's what I'm trying to move. I'm in the Midwest right now, and it's just not for me. So, you know, I got to figure out something. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've moved around, and I love it. Like, it used to scare me because my whole family is from Massachusetts. They've never mm-hmm. really left the area. Mm-hmm. So they think I'm, like, this weird traveling nomad. But yeah. Me a lot. <laughs> not a nomad, yeah. Well, I grew up traveling. I actually live in Kentucky now because um, oh, cool. my, my dad was in the military. So we moved around. Um, so that's what I was going to ask you. Did you move um, to Colorado, like, for your job when you said Massachusetts? Like, did you did uh, you yes. have a job already? Okay, in Colorado. Okay, but this, th- but what actually happened, like, I was the millennial that graduated from college with no job and the $25,000 of student loan debt. That was, like, that's, that's living me. with my parents. Actually. That's me. Oh, my goodness. Can we talk about that? That's me right now. I need so much help. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was I was peak millennial in that, so I've totally been there. And yeah, I mean, living in I was like living in my childhood bedroom, like, <laughs> the same life. Like my walls were still yellow, oh, the color I picked yeah. when I was eleven. Like it was, <laughs> it was dark. I remember that. Yeah. So how did you? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. How? Like, what happened when you were able to like get that leap? and like get that job so like what was that process like because I'm actually in that right now and I just need something to just like get me somewhere I just I just don't know yeah okay so (laughs) my whole undergraduate was based on like I would take classes in college about things that I thought were interesting but they didn't really translate into skills that someone would hire me for Mm-hmm. And that was like a huge disconnect. So my political science degree, I learned so much about the world and people and, you know, had these great experiences. But when I went to apply to jobs, it I, didn't I, correlate. No, it didn't. It, 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 especially in this current culture where it's like, you know, can you code? Like what, what, what skills do you have? I mm-hmm. have them. So what I actually did. I remember I was having coffee with my other unemployed friends. We went to Starbucks (laughs) and we were just like complaining about what we don't know what to do. Like it was my childhood friends that I grew up with that also didn't have jobs. And they said that they had started blogs and Mm -hmm. their blogs were about their life. But my life was like so boring because I lived with my parents. I didn't do anything that I wanted to write about a subject I was passionate about. And I wrote about study abroad. Which was like, oh, I study raw too. Uh, oh, you did? I yes. Oh, uh, I went to Panama and I went to Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that experience, and I'm sure you can relate to this, it was a, such like a cool experience for mm-hmm. me. It really was. So it, writing about it, talking about it, blogging about it, like made me very passionate and I got into it. So every day I would just like pump out blog content and I learned all about social media, digital marketing, mm-hmm. Twitter, all these ways to promote a blog. And then I ended up getting a job. Now, I before I was probably shooting for like more, not I wouldn't say prestigious, but like jobs that I saw other people getting. And I ended up just getting a job, like any job that paid me. And I would spend my nights and weekends working on this blog. But mm. one day when I was at my job, I must have been, I mean, I shouldn't be doing this, but I was <laughs> looking at job boards. And I found an internship in Colorado for the U.S. Olympic Committee for, like, the Olympic Games. Oh, okay. And they were looking for someone who did digital marketing. And I took my resume from college and I deleted everything. And I put all the stuff that I'd been doing with my study abroad blog. And I was like, I know how to create a Twitter account. I can do Facebook. Mm-hmm. I can write blog I, content. Oh, my gosh. I literally am doing that right now. Like, I, I had a blog in high school. And I started with my study abroad trip. 
That's why I started That's my crazy. blog in 2015, and I was in school, and so I didn't really finish it. But I just started another one. It's called Alicia's Adventures. I just started one in 2020, like this, like last month. I created it, and ooh, it was a lot of work. And I was like, this is not for the week. Like, people really need to pay for this stuff because this stuff is hard. And I thought about doing study abroad on it, too. And I've talked about that. Um, I have a YouTube channel, too, so I talked about that on my YouTube channel. And I think that's crazy that you just said all that. I'm like, what? That's what I'm really doing right now. So, shoot, let me shoot for the stars, too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. So, like, from there, when when the people who are looking at my resume, they're like, oh, here's someone that can, you know, manage the Twitter for the U.S. Olympic Committee, and they hired me. So I ended up in Colorado. That's where I ended up meeting my husband. And then from there... He did I the U.S. Like, Olympics, too? Yes. He, worked- he he was in the gym. He's a strength and conditioning <laughs> coach. Oh, okay. He was shooting in the gym. <laughs> yeah. So we were not in... He, I was, like, in an office, and he was in the gym. But um, it was fun. Oh. It was a lot of fun. And that's crazy. I'm about to, I need to talk to you because I need to spruce up my resume for digital media because I have a YouTube channel, I have a podcast, and I have a blog. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, to... there's so much you can do and you can leverage that. So, like, for me, so I went from that, and then somehow I just get it, kept getting closer and closer to tech. Like, I was so passionate about it. This company, it was like a startup company. They reached out to me via email and said, um, do you, you know, we we're looking to interview people in the study abroad space because we're going to make a startup on study abroad. Would you be interested in talking to us? So I, I took the call from my parents' basement. This was before I moved to Colorado, but I took the call and um, I was like, mom, I'm on a very important call. Like stay upstairs. Like, <laughs> I swear that's what you have to do. Oh my goodness. Yes. But they ended up being like, oh, wow, like you're so passionate. You know, we, we can't pay you, but do you want to work with us? We're going to launch oh. this company. So I was like, yeah, of course. I mean, at that time, I didn't care. I mean, I would like to be paid, but who cares? So <laughs> I worked with them. And from there, I got experience that we had a small budget. We had like a $15,000 budget to build this website that they wanted to build. And I was kind of like project manager in that situation. Mm-hmm. And then later, after I stopped working for the U.S. Olympic Committee, when my internship was over, I was able to have that experience and, and like when I was applying to tech jobs say, you know, I, I had a very small budget that I've managed, but like I have helped build software as a project manager in this experience. And that was like my first tech job, which once you get into tech, then I started like building closer to the ultimate job in California, which allowed me to pay off the student loan debt. Mm, okay and so is that same is that the tech company that you're working for now or is it completely different i ended up switching tech companies recently oh, when i moved to, uh-huh. to washington but it's kind of like once you get in then you have experience to apply to other ones and that's what i heard too a lot of people are like oh well if you want to move to california like getting to coding and stuff like that i'm like i know a little bit about coding and like uh but not too much about coding but honestly with this um blogging and stuff like that you kind of do know about coding but yeah that's what I was just wondering and so then you were so how long did it take you to pay off your student loans then so it took about the... 18 months for us to do the the full 60 and but that was when what? we already 18 months <laughs> it was we were chopping things now so then like we were selling everything that we owned and like all that and then also I was making a considerable amount of money compared to what I used mm-hmm. to make um, and oh. when you when you work in tech, like they kind of they hold a lot of your salary until the end of the year, and they give you like bonuses and stuff. Oh, why so do that? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I'm glad because for a millennial who wasn't the best saver, I, mm-hmm. I didn't like waste my money. They like held it until you could provide it at once. 
okay. And then you could just use that money to pay your student loans off. Yeah. And do you have tips for paying your student loans off? Like, I just did this, and I like, you know, I have eight loans and stuff like that. You know how you can do, like, different plans. Like, you could pay extra on a loan and stuff like that. Did you just pay, like, the bare minimum, or did you, like, pay over it and stuff like that? Or... I paid the minimum, or I just not the minimum, because there's the true minimum that they'll kind of let you get away with it, and then there's your regular payment. I just paid the regular payment until we started going wild, and then I started paying off the rest of it. Uh, and obviously, uh, I had my husband. It like it was not me doing the full sixty k, because then he uh-huh. got two, and then together, like with two people, we were able to tackle it. Oh, he got when you went to um, yeah. Because there's a benefit, like there's a benefit to you know coupling up with someone, and that we can share <laughs> our living expenses, we can share food, mm-hmm. like utilities. It, yeah, it's it's not fair, but it's cheaper once you do find your person to live with. Mm-hmm. And people, and I think that's so funny because I was just talking to my friend. She's like, uh, uh-uh, I would don't want to live with a roommate. But I'm like, even if you're not married, like living with a roommate, like mm-hmm. I would live with a roommate because guess what? I can pay off more for my student loans, and I can live a life of luxury later Later. on (laughs) like I don't have to I won't have to live the life I can't live the life of luxury right now when I'm paying all these student loans and I'm going broke and I'm stressed out whether it's I will stay with somebody live with somebody for a little bit and then I will you know go and um I will like go later on 10 years then that's when I live by myself like I'm okay with that and so I think that in this generation people do want to live by themselves they want to do this they want to do that but it's like there's so much debt that you acquire there's so much debt that you have to pay back and I was going to say earlier when you were talking about um your major I feel like that's something that they don't talk about either like yours was political science like mine was um like liberal studies so I did like pan-african studies and communication in a sense and it's like I was just taking class like I was a PAS minor so that's why I studied abroad and I did Spanish and stuff like that and it's like yeah take the classes that you're interested you want to see but those don't turn to transferable skills yeah you're just taking classes you're just learning and I feel like they're like well you can major in anything you can get a job in anything and I feel like they feed that to you they feed that to you and it's like that's not technically true. And no. I also have my master's in student affairs and higher education. And that takes a long time to find jobs, too, depending on like what you want to do, where you want to go and stuff like that. Because it's like colleges, so you have to apply. And they take forever to respond. They do this and do that or whatever. But as I've been working, um, I was like, well, maybe this, like, it's content creating in general. But I'm like, hopefully one day this blog can get me somewhere. This YouTube channel can get me somewhere. The video editing, something like <laughs> video production and then I could pay off all my student loans like right then and there because I, I actually think it can and I yeah. think I'm glad because I'm sure you feel the same way like everything I learned I was very interested in women's studies and I learned like so much mm-hmm. about the world and like unfortunately some bad things too about how our society is you know a certain way that kind of maybe holds women back and mm-hmm. I, I knew that was great but it was also like okay, I probably should have been learning uh, something else in addition to that. So I right. I should be like, dang, I'd be thinking like, dang, I should have done business over there. I'm like, I re- I'm like, I re- Loki, I regret going to college. Like, I'm like, they're like, well, I'm like, what? If I would have known this before, like if I would have started my blog before or something like that, I could be making so much money now. I just see people doing it, but I'm like, I'm just starting. So I try to not get frustrated. But um I don't know if blogs are still as popular. They are kind of popular, but they were popular a little while back. And I was like, dang, if I would have kept doing my blog, then I could probably be somewhere right now. But now I'm like starting from the beginning, building my brand, and it's just so hard. So it's just like, 
it's like trying to pay off these student loans, but you're wanting to start your own and do things like, you know, like millennials now, they don't really want to work for nobody. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, but how am I going to pay these student loans back and not work for anybody? And so also, and then they have all these side hustles. So you like work a full-time job and you have a side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And also keep in mind what I'm telling you about, that was from, I graduated college in 2011. So now oh. nine years nine years later this is when i'm my husband and i are debt free like we are mm-hmm. on the financial independence retire early path and like we've saved like hundreds of thousands of dollars from then so i would say anyone listening if you're if you're not there yet like just be patient this stuff takes a long time like it's not going to happen in one year but it's going to go by so fast and then one day you wake up and you're like oh my god thank god i put in the effort five years i'm desperate yeah i'm desperate yeah oh okay and so now you're just saving money just to have money on the side or whatever um yeah like our goal is we want to retire early like we don't want to wait until we're 65 we want to be in Mm -hmm. our you know early 40s and just do whatever we want travel the world whatever we want to do so do you okay so speaking about that about the financial independence so do you like have a savings account or do you have like savings account travel account something like that or are you not traveling or spending your money on different things so that you can use it for later how do you um how are you like getting to your financial independence with not having debt now so we like overall we've changed our habits i used to have a shopping problem like <laughs> a legitimate like and I was, I wouldn't say I was like a, I wouldn't go for expensive clothes or anything, but you know, I would be TJ Maxx, Marshalls type person. Like if mm-hmm. I had friends w- visiting me, we would go shopping. That's what I wanted to do in my free time, online shopping. I've cut that habit. I don't really do that anymore. Like I don't, I don't wear that many different clothes. Like I'm fine just having the same like outfits and that doesn't bother me. Where I like to spend my money is experiences, which is a very millennial thing. But mm-hmm. we do we do like travel rewards. We use credit cards and kind of tips and tricks that we've learned over the years to save money on travel. Like I don't know if you do that, but when you sign up for some credit cards, you can get like a certain amount of points and you can redeem those mm-hmm. points for flights mm-hmm. and things. So we do that. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of those before. And I've seen them things. Um, I seen one, it was like like high interest rate. I said, Hold up now, I don't know if I could do this, but uh <laughs> it was like with some banks or something, but I know people do do that. Um, so that's what I was just wondering. And so, um, so you do travel, like you do experiences. So, uh, do you advise people to have like multiple bank accounts or you just like have a, like have a travel fund, have a savings fund and stuff like that? Yep. Um, we definitely have multiple and I like using, um, an online savings account, which gives you a small percentage of interest every month. So Mm -hmm. They used to be 2% last year. This year, they're like 1.5%. But Aww. that means that you're, I know it's down, but it's still better than zero, which is if you kept it in your bank account. So if you put money in there, it will grow a little tiny bit. And over time, you know, your money is working for you. So we have a savings fund and that's what we use to save towards our bigger goals. That For us, like we wanted to have a house in Washington. So we mm-hmm. use that to save for the down payment for the house. But we also have one thing I learned, like when I paid off my student loan debt, I still wanted to save towards my goal. So we opened what's called a a brokerage account. The word itself, I had no idea what it meant prior, (laughs) but it's just like a taxable after tax is what another word for it. But it's just like an account that you put money into and Mm -hmm. you can invest it in stocks. Okay. Yeah. So you can buy like a lot of people in the 
the in my so on my podcast I talk to people about like money and investing and a lot of them they want to retire early too and they recommend investing in an index fund which instead of choosing one stock like one company you invest in all the companies at once like you can invest literally in the entire US stock market by investing in an index fund mm-hmm. um so like a lot of people pick that because they think it's less risky than if you choose one company stock because you don't you you don't know like how that you're not a fortune teller you don't know how that company is going to do. Um, yeah. So that <laughs> that seems to be like what I would probably recommend for people starting out investing because if you don't really know like what you're doing with picking companies it's probably a bad idea. Um, but given that I have my tech background, I personally also like to invest a portion of uh, my income mm-hmm. into individual tech company stocks. And that's what I've done. And so how do you, um, like, how do you find out about the index accounts you said? Like, how do you, uh, if people wanted to invest in stocks, like, where where should they go or what should they do to? Sure. So my, like, my retirement account through my job is um, through, like, ma- it's always been through major banks, like Vanguard or Fidelity. Or some people may have, like, Charles Schwab or, like, these major banks. But those banks, they also allow you to just log into the bank on your own and you can click open and and fill out information and open what's called the taxable brokerage account. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the word is like literally going to be brokerage. So you open that, you have to give like your social security number and you sign up and then you connect it to your bank, your online bank account. And then what you do is once you like have a certain amount you're comfortable with, you move your money from your bank account into the new account that you created with the bank, like Charles Schwab, whatever um vanguard fidelity and then once that money's in there then you have to choose invest and like you click the button called buy and then you can buy whatever you want so if let's say that you're creating the account with vanguard you can buy um the their index fund that tracks the whole stock market is like vtsax is the name of it like this that's like the name of the the thing the stock ticker or whatever they call it um, so then you would have to actually buy it. Cause I didn't know that. I first thought when I transferred the money, I'm like, okay, now I'm invested in stocks. And then it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's just sitting there unless you actually choose what you want them to allocate it towards. Um, or, oh. you know, or they can pick a company. Like if you wanted to invest in a certain, I'm not a financial advisor, so I don't want to give anyone financial yeah, uh-huh. advice. You definitely <laughs> mm-hmm. should do your own research. But you know, if you wanted like a major tech company, you can look up what their stock is and then you can purchase it through that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. And then, um, and then that money goes, and then that money just basically like they watch it, and then it grows. Or however stocks work, <laughs> that's yeah, what it does. Yeah, so you own like a small piece of it, and if that company, or you know, if if you were choosing an index fund instead, if the whole market does well, then the what you invested increases, and if it doesn't, it decreases. But for us, like we're not saving. A lot of people, they they th- I thought investing was day trading where you would put money in and then you would see if you made money like next week. It's not really like that. We don't plan to touch this money for years. So if mm. it goes down tomorrow and it goes up the next day and it goes down the next day, I don't, I don't really worry about it. It doesn't matter. All it matters is like when I'm going to take it out in 10 years, is it higher than the price that I bought it for? So yeah. That's what, like gonna, uh, that's what I was going to ask to like when, well, you said you're not planning to take it out, but you can take it out whenever you want to take it out of the stock, and then that's when you'll you'll like be able to live off of that money. Is yeah. that how it yeah. works? Yeah. So, like a lot of people that have been on my podcast, um, they their plan is that they want to save up a whole bunch of money, and then 
at the end of whenever they consider their retirement, they're going to withdraw 4%. There's like this study that said that you can withdraw 4% of your savings if you invest it in a certain way for the rest of your life. And like, then you'll be fine. The money will run out at the end of your life or it won't run out. Like you're, you're never going to be at a point where you need money. That's kind of what the philosophy is. If people want to, they can listen to my podcast, Fire Drill, or look up yes. the fire movement. That will be um, a good place to start there. But my husband and I, like, we ended up being super side hustlers. And that's where this whole Etsy thing came in. And we're mm-hmm. thinking, we just probably won't need full-time jobs. We can instead do these little, like, freelancing side hustle things. And that will be enough mm-hmm. for us. And on top of your uh, money that you get, that you withdraw. Then you'll just keep doing yeah. your side hustles. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. And um, you could talk about like more about your side hustles and I guess how you started it or how you wanted to do it and the course and stuff like that. You could um, sure. give more information about that so people will know. <laughs> so I've been blogging since 2012. And then my newest site, Millennial Boss, which is about personal finance, I started in 2015. And I've monetized Millennial Boss to the point that it was making in late December 2018, it was making like $7,000 a month in revenue. And then um, I started selling on Etsy. And I I sell temporary tattoos and printables for bachelorette parties because I was going Mm -hmm. to so many of weddings and things like that in my late 20s that I discovered the side hustle and realized it was like a really nice, there's no such thing as passive income. But in terms of, you know, the work for the money you get, I thought it was a really good deal. So Uh I'm doing that. And, and I teamed up um, with a friend that he mm-hmm. actually, he's around your age. And he decided after he tried like corporate America for, he, he decided after three weeks that he couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he three just couldn't weeks. do it. Yeah. So he actually, he, he started his job. He got a job after college in September. He quit his job by January of the next year. So four months in, and he's making way more money than he ever made in his, in his day job um, doing, he did like freelancing and he's running an event and now he's working with me for the course. So mm-hmm. it's been cool, but it was just hilarious. Like, I feel like I spent 10 years in corporate America and got to this same place that he just did after like three months. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And so what made you come up with millennial boss? Like, ah, uh, so I, I think around the same time like the millennial generation it just seems like we all have this shared experience of certain things avocado toast debt i i was just very (laughs) typical millennial in that sense and you know just didn't know what we were doing we were struggling um i I was working trying to navigate new career opportunities and all that so that's where millennial boss came from and it was kind of the start of all this other stuff i do online and so you started Millennial Boss. You started that blog in 2015? 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and you still blog now? Yeah, I still blog this... now. Oh, uh, and then you just added the podcast on. Yeah. Then the podcast is more focused on early retirement. The blog is Millennial Boss, oh. is more like general finance, lifestyle stuff. I have other people that write for me now. And then mm-hmm. the podcast is all about the lifestyle design and financial independence. Okay, and so I want to talk about that, but I want to go back to how long did it, after you graduated, you got your bachelor's degree? Yes. And how long after that did it take you to find, like, a full-time job? So it took me, I guess, I got my bachelor's degree in in May of 2011. Then by, I think it was August or September of 2011, that's where I got 
a full-time job but it wasn't the jobs I was trying to get it was a job that like I think like a family friend or like a family member or someone was like hey like we found this job you should just take this job and it was a good mm-hmm. it was a good job but it was nothing to do with my undergraduate it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do it mm-hmm. just kind of felt like I just needed money to survive and that's what I got mm-hmm. oh okay and so uh when you started millennial boss after that did you start making income you know how you said that you were like blogging about study abroad did you make income from that blog no I didn't even know you could make money blogging I just did it it for experience and then you know it it, I wouldn't thinking back now it's incredible like the opportunities I've gotten from that I I didn't get a dime from it but Okay, and so for someone who maybe wants to start side hustle and, and starting a blog, what do you think are like the things that they should um, think about when they're starting a blog and even how to monetize it or like how quickly it can monetize? So what I would tell people is how soon do you want to make money? Because blogging is the long game. Like I started my blog in 2015. It started making money in, I would say, 2017. So like two years later. Uh, mm. It's but my blog now, like I have a six figure blog. So mm-hmm. it, it, and this is now 2020. So it took yeah. five years to get there. And I mean, now it's incredible, but it, it's long. So what I would tell people is um, I recommend everyone start a blog because having like a brand and a professional website is so key to like all these different things. But if you truly need money right now, doing another side hustle might be better. Like, we on gold city ventures which is what i the company that my online courses are through that i started with my friend cody the one that he couldn't do Mm -hmm. corporate america after a few months he um his specialty is freelancing and Mm -hmm. that's how he was able to not work in corporate america because by freelancing you're writing blogs for other people that have already achieved like the point of success kind of like where i'm at now because right now i hire freelance writers to write on my site because my site is big enough to afford freelance writers. So if you like want to make money right away and you can write, why not be a freelance writer for a blogger or for like a startup company or for um, a major newspaper or whatever, you can find opportunities like this on Upwork or Fiverr. Mm -hmm. Um, You can make money a lot faster. Being a freelancer. Yep. And then, um, Rather than starting your own, but oh my goodness! So now that you well, now that you said like, uh, you have like your Gold City Ventures and your blog is making six figures. Do you feel like you're going to quit your day job anytime soon, or do you feel like you're just going to keep doing both until you feel like quitting? I had no plans to like quit any of this, but we just had our first kid in oh in August of last year. Oh my gosh, August what? Twenty sixth. Oh my goodness, my birthday's August 21st. Ah, oh, that's what I was wondering. Yes. Is that a good week to be born? Did you like that growing up? Yeah, August. Um, yeah, it was kind of cool, but it is like, oh, uh, you know what my parents are like, oh, you get school close with this, like, it's your birthday. And then it, so it kind of gets hard because like school starts and it's your birthday. So um, when you're younger, it may not be bad, but maybe when you get or like when I was in college and stuff like that, I would always want to like go take trips and stuff like that. But they were like, it's school starting, school starting. But now that I'm not in school, it's like, it's just a month, you know? So <laughs> Yeah, I always wonder that. I thought it'd be better, like more options for birthday parties in the summer. I mean, that's not why we had her in August, but yeah. easier as a parent. Because I, mm-hmm. I was born in the winter and there aren't many options. It's like, yeah. you know, where, 
One, my parents let me have my birthday at McDonald's one year. How did you have to do that? But I was really happy with it. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. So I guess it just depends. And um, I guess it just depends, like, when school, because you said you live in Washington. So I guess it depends yeah. on, like, when school starts in Washington or something like yeah, that. That's a good but point. I think, yeah, but I think it'll be, like, I think it'll be okay. It's, it's cool because then you, like, get to be in school for your birthday, but it's still the summertime, you know? So it's like, happy birthday, happy birthday. <laughs> and, like, come to my yeah. party or something. So it's okay because then some people be having birthdays in the cold months and none of them be trying to go out in the cold months and stuff like that. So. Very true. Very true. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. That's so we funny. Her, so <laughs> now I'm realizing like, I can't because both my husband and I, we both do like this side hustle stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult for us to do all this and have a baby. And yes. I'm not. I'm on maternity leave. I'm not even back to my full time job yet. Um, oh. So yeah. So we're gonna have to be, you know, prioritizing very hard, and we don't know what that is gonna look like yet. Oh my goodness. So did you get like? Do they do a different in Washington? Like how long your maternity leave is? Or, like, oh my you... god, it's incredible. Like my company yes. gives me five months, and then Washington just passed this new policy. It's three months of paid state leave. What? So um, this is like. So you very get like progr- eight I mean, months. I'm about to go yeah. have a baby in Washington. Yeah, all I think people should do some destination babying for sure because <laughs> this is it's destination still like, I'm not lying, it's still hard, but people who have to go back before I've been off for I guess what, six months now. I just turned into a normal person again two weeks ago. Like oh. I, I don't know how people do it honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, that's crazy because they like they only be giving you six weeks, but then I feel like I feel like when you go back to work, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, like. This is stuff. This is brand new. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know. And but the thing is, like, before I had kids, I was like, oh, like all these side hustles and stuff. These would be great when I have a kid because I can do them at home. But it's very difficult to work when you have a baby. Like they mm-hmm. don't. It's not safe for them to just be playing on their own when you're typing on the computer. You have to watch yeah. it all times. Mm-hmm. So I'm realizing a lot. It's but I'm so glad. I guess if for anyone who doesn't have kids yet, like if and you plan to, this is the time. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm so glad yeah, that to I do it now. Really when I was younger, yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like people like kids, kids, kids. I'm from, I'm like you. I'm telling my friends like I'm not trying to have kids till I'm like a thirty. Okay, I'm, give me some time to dive into something. Like that's another bill. Why would I want to pay debt and have a kid? Yeah, <laughs> I pay I mean, for a kid. It's a lot. Like it's a, not even just paying it. Just I was I was able to do all these career moves because I never kid. Mm-hmm. But if anyone listening has a kid, like. It's okay. I'm still doing yeah. a podcast. Like I'm, I'm still doing this stuff, and I'm planning mm-hmm. on continuing my career, growing. So don't be discouraged. Like you can still do it. Yeah, you definitely can still do it. But I just, well, when I hear like moving and stuff like that, people are like, yeah, you don't. Like you're not married, you don't have kids, so you can go. So I know it is easier, but I know it is challenging. It could be more challenging, but people could still do it. People still do it. So I'm not trying to discourage either. Yeah, I was just sure. thinking about it, but like now, how I have the time, it's like okay, I can work here. I can do this. Let me just try to get that. But that's a good key, like Washington. So you said Washington passed a law that you get three months. Um, yep. from the state. From the state, and that's another thing. Shoot, millennials, we need to be che- we need to be checking laws in the states. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like some like millennials, some are some are in politics, or some aren't in politics, and like that's something that you need to know because like. You need to know what you can do, even if you're not even having a kid. I'm just saying in general about money. Shoot, hopefully they pass something for student loans. <laughs> yeah. Like, and if they pass something for student loans, I'm going to that that city state. I don't even care if it's in uh, Mississippi. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I think like the lesson all this because before this, I wasn't really paying attention to any of this stuff. And 
nobody told no one at work told me like hey washington passed this new law like i had mm-hmm. to actually know about it and i had to apply for it and i bet there's tons of benefits that people listening that are available to them in their state or in their job and they didn't know about it but like you need to be curious you need to educate yourself and mm-hmm. and actually like take advantage of these opportunities because no one is going to tell you what you should do next like you need to figure it out and that was the hardest thing about being a millennial I think that I had to realize like tough love yes for real tough love and it's like the generation before us they can like give us information but so much things change and stuff like that and I feel like they just drew on us like get an education get an education and you can get a job but it's like it's so competitive because everybody's getting that education you know and everybody's yeah, going out for the same thing and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, that's basically what I had to say. But, um, oh, my goodness, that's so exciting. You have a little baby girl. <laughs> I know. But, I, I'm like, so, I'm here crying. I'm like, oh, I know. I, I know. That's what I was saying. So I didn't want to take, that's what I was about to say. Like, I didn't want to take up too much of your time now that I know you have a child waiting on you. But um, I want to say thank you for um, coming on this podcast and sharing all this knowledge. And just um, share where they can find you at so they, if they want your stuff, if they want to see your content then we can um they can follow you sure um you guys can if you're on instagram millennial boss there's two l's and two n's in millennial uh i know you guys probably know that and you know that now with millennial thoughts but nobody Mm -hmm. can spell millennial like whenever anyone tries to go to my website they 